Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me if you would. We're going to open up in prayer. Thank you so much for being here. As I said, you guys look better every time I see you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. We just pray that your Holy Spirit will illuminate our hearts as we read in your word this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone says? Amen. 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 Go ahead and look at your neighbor as we do. Say hi as you're seated. Absolutely. There's a lot going on, and we appreciate you guys so much. Before we go uh, any further, I'd like to do this. Uh, We know that Veterans Day was Friday, and we appreciate our veterans so much. So if you are a veteran in the house today, would you please just stand up? We want to recognize you and say thank you for your service. Go ahead and stand up. Absolutely. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the sacrifice that you guys have given, things that we see and ultimately things that we do not see. And we know that the um, pressures on the family and things like that are very real. And whenever we come together and we do National Days of Prayer like we did today and we hear the story like we heard today where everybody does not have the same amount of freedom that we have, do they? And uh, we know it was because men and women laid down their lives for us and we thank you so much for all of that in our military service and obviously our current people who are serving and really any first responders because we know ultimately when everybody runs away from the threat you guys run to it and we say thank you so much for that Um, we appreciate that as we dig in today i want to continue our series um, that we started save a seat and my hearts and desires simply that we'll do that we're entering in the season where there's going to be a lot of tables there's going to be a lot of interaction there's going to be a lot of parties there's going to be a lot of fun things like that that you guys have but we know in those situations and in those circumstances you're always not going to be the most excited to go to a place are you oh come on preach brother matt i know it's true and we're going to talk about that here in a second but what i want you to save a seat for today that we're specifically talking about is i want you to save a seat of expectation Don't lose your expectation in the midst of everything. We can get weighed down by the responsibilities and the things and everything that's going on, and we can lose that expectation when really we're entering into a season where our expectation should be on the highest. I believe right now the world is looking at the church, especially with this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all these things that we say as Christians, oh, God bless us. We know that next year is going to be better than this year. We know that God is for us, not against us. We love family and we're all just one big family and we cannot wait to Christmas and, 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 and God's going to provide and then we shove three people out of the way to get to that one gift because we don't know. If God's going to provide again. I mean, he did, you know, I don't know. And I think sometimes people look at us as Christians and think, I don't know, man. And it's small things like that where we set the stage where people look into our lives. And I believe that we have more of an opportunity now to be the lie, especially with the things that's going on in the world that we've talked about, but very much so just because of the seasons. We know the difficulties in the seasons that we're coming upon. For some, it's extremely difficult. For others... We know that it's a celebratory season and and you find reasons to celebrate in the midst, but sometimes it's really true what we say. It's bittersweet sometimes, isn't it? 
but the seat of expectation. And today, let's look to the blind Bartimaeus, if we will, because I believe he has some lessons to teach us. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And they came to Jericho as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him, Be silent. But he cried out the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him all the way. And we learned some things through the blind Bartimaeus. It's interesting whenever you read this story out of Mark, it's found in a couple other Gospels. And each time you read it, it shows a, a little different point of view. Matter of fact, in all the Gospels, you see a little bit different point of view. If you look at Matthew, you see it from a tax collector's point of view. And he would have been extremely good at math and very specific in some things. So whenever you get into lineages and stuff like that, it makes sense why that's in Matthew. Of course, John was the beloved and he wasn't too afraid to call himself the beloved of Christ. And if you read John, man, you fall in love with Jesus all over again because of his words. Then you get to the great doctor Luke, and, and you see just how descriptive and detailed he is in the book of Luke. And then you come to Mark. And Mark's purpose for writing, many scholars believe, was just to proclaim the power that lie within Christ. That he truly was who he said he was, but it was a powerful thing. The, the miracles and the wonders. And, and here, once again, we see it. Of course, some scripture or some stories would say and in, in, in the Gospels would say maybe they were leaving Jericho. Others were saying maybe they were going into Jericho. If you did a quick study on the walls, you could see how that may be some misinterpretation depending on how they entered or how they exited. I don't think that really matters as much as we understand that Jesus did something. I need to know what he did. Amen. As I look in here, he did something for somebody because they had a little bit of expectation. And what did he do for them? Because I want to know that because whenever I have expectation, I know that Jesus... Ooh, I better be careful of saying Jesus will give us everything we want, huh? Just expect it and it'll happen? Nope, it won't. Sometimes our heart's in the wrong plate when we ask and we ask amiss and he ain't giving it to us. Other times, God, I didn't ask for this. And he's going to look at us and tell you, but I know you needed it, so you're going to get it anyhow. Oh, we love those moments, don't we? Then sometimes stuff just happens. We're like, God, why am I going through this? He goes... I'm gonna, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he walks with us through it. But we have this expectation in our heart, and that's what I want us to have, is make sure you save a seat for expectation because we all go to things, especially the next two months, where we have to be really careful because it's going to be our opportunity to shine the light. And the world is looking at us. Those broken ones are looking towards us right now, I believe, more than ever before. One of the things that Bartimaeus did very well was he... He knew how to stake a claim. People knew that these beggars would be outside the gates. So whether you're coming into Jericho or going out to Jericho, or going out from Jericho, it didn't really matter. You knew that these beggars would be there, and they had a way of staking their claim that this is my property, this is my territory. And you can't really be mad at blind Bartimaeus because the reality is at least he was getting up and trying to go do something to earn a living. But nonetheless, he was there. 
So he's staking his claim that this is the way that I know how to do it. And there's nothing wrong with staking claims. I did a little bit of research and I got on a, a mining company's website. So this actually came from a mining company. Now, don't, if you're going to stake a claim on a land, don't go, don't take my word for it. Don't say, well, Pastor Matt said I can nail this board in the ground and it's mine. Here I go. Research it. Research that. But it's interesting. What they do is they, they find an area of interest. Then they conduct a land search. Then they map out the location and determine the claim type. Then they begin to stake the ground out and create boundaries. Then they file a notice of locations. Then they, they pay your fee. So, so then, they, then you pay your fee. So let's break this down. So they, they find an area of interest. They find a good place to start by studying records, a little bit of history. And, and then next they conduct the land search, which means um, you have to verify in more detail that there's, that land is open. And then you go to your location and you determine your, your claim type. You, you find the notice. You put a notice of location that this is where we're going to be. And then you put a stake in the ground and create boundaries that this is mine. And then you finally file a notice of locations in order to claim the validity of where you're at. And then you pay fees. And we all got to pay, don't we? And I was thinking about how, how funny this is because it really relates to what many of us go through. Especially when we get in seasons like we're going to because you have certain expectations for people that are never fulfilled, amen? One of the greatest things that splits marriages that causes difficulties in marriage is unspoken expectations. Somebody having an expectation for somebody else but they never voiced it so they look at them and they're like, why are you mad at me? Well, you didn't tell me that. Well, what am I supposed to do? Read your mind? And all the ladies said, yes, you are. You should know me well enough by now. No, we're just not that good lady, sorry. Before eating a hamburger, what we're thinking about is, man, this hamburger's really good. That's pretty much what's, what's on our mind. <laughs> Unspoken expectations. But that's what we run into. That's our difficulty that we have even when we go to these places and we're, 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 we're having expectations for people's behavior, how the VIN is. And here we stake our claim early. I mean, think about this. It's really good. You find an area of interest. How many of you guys are going to go to parties or sit down with extended family and you already have that one person of interest in your mind? Like, I'm not going around that dude. Oh, yeah, pictures flash through your mind already, doesn't it? Like, I know that group of people. I know they're asking me to do this. but And you've already found that area of interest. And then you conduct a land search. Now, this is where you begin to dig up the history of you and that person and you begin to think... Oh, this is all the times they've done me dirty. These are all the times they've, they've been mean to me. Anybody else? And then you map out your location to determine your claim type. Oh, I love that. Okay, where are we going? Okay, if we're going to this place, then I understand how I'm going to act. If we're going to this person's house, then I, I don't know, I'm kind of scary because that's a smaller house and there's really no places to run. And then you stake the ground. You find boundaries. Okay, if this person or this situation arises, I'm going to walk out of this room into the next one because I just want to avoid that person altogether. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody in here. I mean, we're staking our claim, right? And then you get to the final notice and the final pay of your fees, and I love this part because this is what we do. How many of you have ever talked to your spouse and looked at them and said, listen, I'm going to go to this today, but I just want to let you know I'm going only because I love you, not because I want to be there. This is your family, not mine. And then, then pay the fees. Now listen, you got to know, I'm going because I love you, but this is probably going to cost you a shopping spree. I'm just letting you know. If you're a guy, hey, this is probably going to cost you a gun or a tool, sweetheart. I'm, but I'm going to go because I love you. Not getting anything out of this deal. We stake our claim early, don't we? We do that kind of stuff. 
And I'm challenging you and I'm asking you with as much conviction as God said on me, and I pray that you feel that, but God, help me have a, a spirit of expectation that God, I really do not have you pinpoint, that you can really do whatever you wanna do. You can move on the heart of whoever you wanna move on the heart of. And some of the hardest hearts, God, you can make soft and salvation can come into their household, amen? God, I want to sit in the seat of expectation of what are you going to do? Not that I want to write my own story or write what you're going to do and how you're going to do it and stake my claim and say, this is how it has to be. But rather, God, I want to pull myself up to the table and right beside me is expectation like blind Barmaeus. See, he saved a seat for expectation because all of a sudden he heard that Jesus was coming through and things changed for him. But if you would have walked by blind Bartimaeus, it would have been easy to judge him and say, well, here he is again. This is all he knows how to do. How many times with difficult people or difficult families, you've made that same assumption? Well, here they are again. This is all they know how to do. But we don't know the heart, do we? As soon as blind Bartimaeus saw that Jesus was coming by, all of a sudden something began to stir in his heart, and he began to have hope like he's never had it before. We never know what's going on in somebody's heart. Maybe the reason why you have conviction to go to that place is because God's been working on somebody and you're the light that they need. And tis the season to be jolly. <laughs> Not push people out of the way and go after stuff, right? That expectation that we set with. God, I want to enter into this season. I mean, we preach it, we sing it. Oh, holy night. We talk about joy to the world. And then so many people can't tell by the way we live whether we're happy or sad that Jesus came. We all struggle with it. God, in my heart I feel this way, but not all the time does my behavior reflect what my heart feels. We were talking the other night in a group of leaders. So many times we have things under conviction that's not quite under control. Those are two separate things. God opens up his spirit unto us and begins to convict us because that's what it says the Holy Spirit does is come and convict us. And then we begin to feel like there's some things I need to get in control of my life. Will I be able to do it? And Paul writes to young Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind or self-control. So now it's a matter of do we want to walk in it? See, that's the important thing about expectation that we learn from Bartimaeus here. Three things quickly that we learn about from Bartimaeus that the expectation does. The first one that I see is expectation causes movement. Expectation causes movement not only in our lives but many times in other people's life. And we just have to be willing to accept that if I sit down and be a little bit in expectation of what God's going to do and maybe not write the story too quick and just say, God, I'm going to try to look at this fresh with a fresh vision, with a fresh heart, with a fresh spirit because these are the times that we do that in. But God, what are you going to do? Because we know that expectation causes movement and maybe us moving towards that will help people move towards Jesus Christ. And at the end of this thing, there's one thing that I want people to do no matter where they're at on the globe and if I can get them to move closer to Jesus Christ because that's what's going to matter. Even the ones who are silly and not heads and you want to grab them by the throat. I know y'all's never had any of those thoughts in your mind. But I have. <laughs> How many of you guys have ever done this? You've had a full conversation with somebody in your head and you haven't even said one word to them yet. So, 
Luke chapter 21, verse 34. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day may come upon you suddenly like a trap. And it's talking about the coming of the Lord. But what we can understand from the daily life is God's trying to do things and he's trying to move and things outside of this thing can weigh us down, drunkenness and cares of this life. But he also does say dissipation, which is interesting because the Greek word is astoia, which is kind of the to head tossing is what it means or the tossing of the head. And what it, what it really has to do with is like a hangover. You guys ever had a hangover? No, don't answer. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But what it means is that hangover. It's you've gone out and you've done too much of the wrong thing and then you wake up the next morning or next day or next two days and it's nothing but wasted because you can't do anything until you get a grip on yourself. And God is helping us understand that, listen, there's things that going to entangle you. You already have the cares of life. You, you already have the, the work of the enemy, if you will. But then there are some things in our life that we just do and take part of that have absolutely no value, and all we're doing is wasting time, and those things can pull your um, focus away from God too. And he's helping us understand this. That's the reason why expectation um, is so important because it moves us to movement. So expectation creates movement, and movement in the right direction, movement in the right direction to God. Back to the conversation that we've had in our head. We've all done that. We've had a full-out conversation in our head, and we've wasted an hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is in the car, and we've probably been hateful to our spouse in the process, and we're really not mad at them. We're really mad at the person that we're having a conversation in our head that's not even real. Oh, yeah, I've been there before. Sounds like you have some experience. Shoot, yeah, I do. And then you walk up and talk to that person. And all they want to do is say hi and walk off because they don't really want to talk to you any more than you want to talk to them and it's all over within five seconds. Oh, we've been there before, haven't we? Wasted time. And that's a funny example, but there really are other things in our life that we pour our life into that is wasted time. And we don't have time to waste. We need to be into movement so we have expectation in our life. And here we see all kinds of movement happening in Scripture. Verse 47. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth had begun to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. First movement. But many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Second movement. But he cried all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Third movement. Then Jesus stopped. Fourth movement. And called him. Fifth movement. And when he called the blind man, saying to him, take heart and get up. He is calling you. Now the crowd begins to move in. And all of a sudden he begins to throw his cloak down. He begins to spring up and he came to Jesus. Think about all that movement, but this movement's on both parties. God is trying to move you to a place to touch somebody's life or to help change you into the person that he wants you to become. And immediately you begin to hear what, what blind Bartimaeus heard where people was like, be silent, quit calling upon the Lord. But what did he do? He even cried louder, amen? Sometimes you got to excuse somebody when they cry a little bit louder, when they worship a little bit longer, when they have something on their heart. See, I don't know what they've been through. I don't know what God's taken them through. I don't know what expectation lies in their heart, that they need God to move in a sovereign way. And if he doesn't move, oh, we've been there, haven't we? So we have to excuse ourselves. Have to excuse others. And he began to cry even more. Oh, the next movement is critical because Jesus stops. See, God hears us when we cry out to him, doesn't he? He stops and he turns to him. He tells the crowd, go get him. Oh, and the crowd switches all of a sudden. Do you see that in scripture? Oh, it's amazing. The crowd's like, shut up, be quiet, keep your mouth shut. 
Then all of a sudden, Jesus says, bring him over here. They're like, what's going on, blind Bartimaeus? He called you. Why aren't you getting up? Go ahead and move. It's funny. That's how the world is, though. That's the reason why Scripture says, don't let your yeses be yes and your noes be no, or you look like the ship that's tossed upon the sea, and that's what we see in the crowd. We're different than the crowd, amen? We go after the Son of God. We say, move in my life. I need you. And then all of a sudden... Jesus begins to speak to him one-on-one. And all because he has this expectation that Christ can do something that nobody else can. Let me tell you something. All the engagements and parties you're going to, if we really believe Scripture where it says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, then when we go to those functions and to those parties and we hang out with that extended family that gets on our last nerve and we just want to... They're seeing Christ in you. So which one are they seeing more of, you or Christ in you? It's our opportunity, it's our chance. Because they could be on the verge. Listen, all I need is a little bit of hope. All I need is a little bit of expectation. I know my life is trash. I know I don't have hope. I know what I do internally and I sleep with that and I wrestle with it. If somebody would just believe in me maybe one more time. How many times do you think blind Bartimaeus had been passed by? Comments. How many times do you think he woke up in the mornings and found his spot? Those were some hard walks to work. Oh, but everything changed in expectation because somebody told him and he heard somehow that Jesus was about him. So now all of a sudden he begins to cry out to him and Jesus hears him. Oh, think about that. It says that he sprung up, man. He dropped his cloak and he went. I wonder when the last time he had that kind of spring in his step was. Oh, we've all been there, haven't we? World weighs down on you. Bad decisions, frustration, aggravation. We lose that spring in our step. We're like, God, I just, I'm ready for you to come back. <laughs> Which we should be anyways. But that's a different feeling, and you guys know what I'm talking about. And now we see Bartimaeus with that spring in his step. Because he heard Jesus was around him. Oh, God. Help us to live as Christians that whenever we show up, that people say, hey, Jesus is going to be here. Because they're looking towards us. Expectation causes movement. So much movement going on, and he threw off his cloak and he sprang up. But we know what that feels like whenever we get closer to Christ and we need him to move. And God speaks to us or we hear that Jesus can help and then we start moving his direction. Man, how many of us fight those voices in our head? Hey, well, you got yourself into this. You need to get it out. Fight those voices from the world saying, listen, I don't think you're worth it. Oh, we all face that from time to time, don't we? We have to not give up on our expectation because expectation causes movement. Movement then motivates change. And we're not going to be able to get to where God wants us to without change. Amen? The normal beggar was just crying out. But something was abnormal about Bartimaeus. He began to cry louder. Verse 51, And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now here's another, it's interesting. Let me recover my sight. And at the end of the scripture it says that he recovered his sight. But if you go back to different translations, they don't use the same word, recover. So what I do know is this. I don't know whether he recovered his sight. Maybe an accident happened and he needed it back or he was blind from birth. But what I do know is he was blind and he could not see and he needed help. 
those people that we're around are spiritually blind and they cannot see and they need our help. I don't know if it was because they got tragically hurt and turned their back and got frustrated with church and they shut it down. Maybe the only authority in their life had treated them bad and difficult. Or maybe they've never even taken a moment to turn their face to God. I don't know. But what I do know is regardless of their situation, they need the illumination of the Holy Spirit. And oh, that we would live a life and take the challenge that God, this holiday season, I'm going to save a seat for expectation because I know expectation causes movement and movement causes change. So I'm going to move towards them and hope they move towards me. Not any aspect that they'll be nice or kind to me because the reality is this. Whenever you shine light in a dark place, dark doesn't like that. But since people don't know how to respond because they've never responded as a Christian and all they've ever responded is an unbeliever, all they know how to respond is as an unbeliever. And we as Christians get mad at that and we think, why? They don't know any different. They're so rude. No, they're lost. They need our help. So we sit at the table with expectation. You guys World Series fans? You guys baseball fans? Any baseball fans? All right. Hey, that's five more hands than I had in first service, man. It was like crickets. I was like, good, I'm going to tell you a story anyways. Maybe you'll like it by the time I get done. 2023 World Series, I think it's game three or game four. John Gray, fourth inning, goes into pitch. John Gray now plays for the Texas Rangers. And as you read his story, it's very interesting because we see him as the pitcher in the 2023 World Series. This is something interesting about John Gray, and I think we have a picture of him. They're going to show up behind us. That He was born in Shawnee, Oklahoma. He graduated from Chandler High School. In 2010, he was actually elected to be in the Major League Baseball draft by the Kansas City Royals. But instead, he elected not to do that, and he pitched a little while for OU. And the Oklahoma coach came up to him and said, John, you're just going to be a relief pitcher here. You don't really need to go to the pros. You really need to get more experience. And that's when he sent him to Eastern Oklahoma State College in Wilburton, Oklahoma. So he goes to Eastern Oklahoma State College in Wilburton, Oklahoma, off of what his coach said because he says, listen, you're a relief pitcher here, but you need more experience, so I want you to go there to get the experience you need. So he turned down a major league ba uh, baseball contract. Then while he was at Wilburton, he was scouted by the New York Yankees, and the New York Yankees offered him $500,000. That is really hard for anybody to turn down. But he did. He then went back to OU. He could throw two really balls, two really good balls, but the one that he struggled with was the curveball. And of course, in your major league, you've got to have a pretty good toolkit. So he tried to work his best at OU and then finally got scouted by the Rockies. $4.6 million contract. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? But it, his battle wasn't over there. They said, listen, you got some of the things that you need, but what I need you to do is I need you to go to some AAA clubs. So he played for the Modesto Nuts, the Grand Junction Rockies, even the Tulsa Drillers, which we're all familiar with. And then finally, the Colorado Rockies that initially drafted him called him up and said, we're ready for you to pitch in the big time now. For seven seasons, he pitched in the Colorado Rockies. 
Then we see him pitch for the Texas Rangers in the World Series. And earlier that year, he had signed a four-year, $56 million contract. But it began because he was willing to move so that he could change. But if I'm him, do I want to go to the Kansas City Royals or Oklahoma, East, uh, Oklahoma Eastern State College? Is that right? Oklahoma, uh, Eastern Oklahoma State College. Seems like a step down. But because he was willing to make a movement into change, but he realized he had a little bit more to work with. So he goes back to OU, turns down a $500,000 deal. Then $4.6 million, and then finally what we see, $56 million. We don't always see the whole story, do we? Sometimes we just see the picture on the mound. And think I wish I could be him or her. But are we willing to pay the price that they pay to get to where they're at? Because some of the movement motivates change. Since God is outside of time and he looks in and he knows what's coming, he sees that the change that we're so in tune to and that we're so focused on is not the last change that we're going to have, and it's just a part of the change to get us to the bigger spot where God wants to use us. But we look back and say, God, I have an expectation. I have an expectation that you're going to use me, that you're going to move, and that while you're moving in me, you'll move in others' lives. So God, help me make sure that I have my expectation because expectation causes movement. Movement motivates change. A couple thoughts. Sometimes to receive the change that we need from God, we have to change so we can handle the change that He wants to give us. The change that He wants to give us, truly we can't handle, so there's some other changing that we must do so we can be prepared for the big change that He really wants to do in our life because He's got us on a path. If God is a giver of good things, and He is, so if he's not given them to us, it must mean that we have to wait just a little while longer. Well, that's hard, isn't it? God, why have you not given me this? I've changed. I've moved. I set an expectation, and I'm ready for this now. Why haven't you given it to me? First of all, I would not go into prayer with that kind of attitude. <laughs> God, I'm seven years, you just be like, Dad, I'm seven years old. Yeah, I'm going to show you what seven-year-olds get when they get that disrespectful, too. God corrects those whom he loves. <laughs> so I would do it with humility. But we all have those questions. And the final thought is simply this. Change is necessary for the desired outcome. What's the desired outcome that you have? What's the desired outcome that you feel like God is taking you to? What is the desired outcome for the person that you've been praying for? Because you're going to have great opportunity in this season because the world is looking at us. Verse 52, and Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his side and followed him on the way. What expectations have you lost? What expectations have you 
You're sitting at the, you're seated at the table of life, and it's before you. And there's some expectation that you've had in your life for yourself, that you've had in your life for others, and those are the hardest. And either the chair is pushed so far up underneath the table that nobody even knows it's there, or the chair has been removed from the table, and you're just like, listen, this is how it's going to be. It is what it is. Well, we overuse that statement, don't we? And we forget that God can change. It is what it is. How do you know that? Because whether we were 15 or 50, every one of us had a rock-solid heart that was pointed away from God. Just because we didn't do some of the bad stuff that maybe other people did did not mean that we did not have a heart that was not pointed towards God. And what God has done in me, he wants to do in others. But as Christians, isn't it so easy to forget what God has done in us and forget that the same thing that he did in us, he can do in others? We must not forget there was some people in our life that looked at us and thought, I don't know if those people are ever going to get saved or not. And then all of a sudden, their life changes. But also expectations for yourself. I know we're coming up on the new year. New years are always really important to me because I believe you can set some goals and you can do some things in your life to create change. Do not wait till January 1st. You're about 60 days out from the new year. Start planning some of those goals and some of those expectations. God, what are you doing? What are you telling me? Where are you trying to take me? Don't get lost in the things that hold our hearts down. Don't get lost in the things that, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, so easily entangles us. God, I want to look with a fresh vision and a fresh heart. Help me to be like blind Bartimaeus, that even though my miracle has not come, I'm still going to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And although my miracle has not come, I will spring forth from my position and move in the direction that you tell me to because I know that I have expectation in my heart. And just like blind Bartimaeus dropped that coat off, God, whatever I've got to drop off that's holding me back, I want to move to where you're at. He's called us. Just like he called blind Bartimaeus, he's called us. Please don't sacrifice for less than his calling. Would you bow your hearts with me for a second? Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your goodness. We thank you for what you're doing in the church this morning. And it is very clear that we need what you want us to have and what you need us to have, God. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just speak to each of our hearts individually for what we need in our situation, in our circumstance. What we need for that expectation, what we need, God. Don't let us stake any claims too early unless they're positive claims and believe in our hearts that you can move and do amazing things. That is the faith journey, moving us from point A to point B. So as you said in your seat, what are you struggling with? Maybe the truth is you're really dreading some of the parties and some of the events that you're going to. That is perfectly normal. 
Maybe at the same time you're thinking, here is the end of another year, and I haven't done what I was supposed to do, and I don't know if I'll do what I'm supposed to do next year, or God, it doesn't seem like you've been moving. What is going on? We all feel that way. Today we want to pray for you and encourage you and just do what we preach and pray for expectation in, in your life. But the first process of any of this, like we say every Sunday, is salvation. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is the first place. And you come to Him and say, God, change my life. Be my Savior. And we want to help you with that. Praying a prayer is a part of it, but it's just the beginning. It's not all of it. And we want to help you. Would you stand up with me all across the auditorium? Now, this is where you got to get brave. You got some stuff, you got some parties, you need some help, you need some prayer. Maybe you just need to come up here and stand. That's okay, we're going to pray with you. Prayer team, would you guys come on up here to the front? And as they're dismissed coming up to the front, you guys slip out of your seats and come on up here. If you need prayer, you got some stuff in your life, you're looking for it, you need some help with prayer. We want to take a moment. I know this is the hardest part because it seems like people are looking, but they're not. They're believing with you and they're praying. We want to take a moment. Is there anybody else that would like to slip out? Let's bow our heads and we're going to pray. But if you need prayer, please slip out from your seats because we're here with you. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your goodness. We thank you for what's being accomplished in the hearts and the minds of your people in the seats. What's being accomplished in your hearts and minds, God, of the people here at the altars. We thank you for that, God. And we just pause a moment as our altar workers pray. We pause a moment for the ones in the seats that are dealing with what they're dealing with and just bringing it to you and saying, God, here it is. Here's my struggle. Here's my difficulty. Here's my fell of expectation. Whatever it is, God. And we're just believing together in prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you've bestowed upon this wonderful group this morning. How we felt your Holy Spirit move. And God, help all of us to be like our friend Bartimaeus. That we would move from our spot to you, God. And then we'd have expectation because we know, God, that when we move towards you, we're moving in the right direction. So help us not to get discouraged for that loved one that we've been praying for, for that extended family member, for that friend, God. Help us to not be discouraged. Help us to set an expectation that we get to be your light as you've called us in the midst of this season, God. Help us check our attitudes at the door, our mindsets, God, and push through all of that so we can do what you've called us to do, what you've called us to accomplish. Father, our hearts are pointed towards you today. God, as we pray every Sunday nearly, let us go out and be the lights into the world that you've called us to. God, let our minds, let our prayers and our thoughts be pointed towards you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your goodness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, amen. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.